Welcome to the Unlock Podcast. My name is Phil Franks. And I'm Krista Franks. We're your hosts, co-founders of Allen Key, lifestyle designers, entrepreneurs, authors, and parents. Each week, we bring you real conversations and stories and in-depth interviews with inspirational people. We share meaningful strategies so that you can create and live your version of success starting now. This podcast is all about lifestyle design. It's about unlocking you and all of us. We're grateful you're here and eager to share the keys to the full life that awaits. Let's go, friend. Hi. Hello. Now, this is a topic I'm excited to dive into today uh, because it's very relevant in our lives right now. And what we're going to be talking about is starting with the end in mind, your intention in mind. And the reason why I think it's so powerful and relevant right now is because we are experiencing the end of sorts. We're experiencing the end of our first era, the first era where we were very, very intentional about how we wanted to live and design our lives. And we were wildly um, dedicated to that intention, to that vision of how we wanted to live our life. And now we're kind of looking back on it, which seems crazy. It seems crazy to have, for those of you who don't know, we you know started this journey about, what, a little, almost six years ago, where we wanted to have a family. We wanted to be present with our kids. We wanted to be the owners of our time completely, collectively, as a family, to kind of have the freedom and flexibility to do what we wanted with those we love when we wanted, right? The statement, I want to be able to go to the zoo on a random Thursday morning and not have to worry about it, not have to worry about what else I'm kind of missing out on. And so you and I actively designed our lives ruthlessly around that, around what's most important, that time spent. Well, now after those almost six years, our oldest who kind of ushered into this, ushered us all into this experience, um, he's going to kindergarten and this whole school era is beginning and we can feel the changing of the tides. We can feel ourselves saying, oh, wow, now we, we, it's time to vision the next five years, the next 10 years. What is that going to look like? How do, what's our statement now? What are we, what are we kind of looking at? And also at the same time in that visioning, also reflecting back on what has been. And to me, it feels like a really cool case study for the, the work that we put into the world, the idea of strategic planning for life, the idea of being intentional, because we're getting to say, was it worth it? Was it worth it? Did, did it work the way that we wanted it to? Did it, did it pan out the way we had envisioned? When everyone was kind of saying, wow, you're making some really illogical decisions. And we were saying, but it seems like the most logical because we're putting what we care about at the center. Did it work out for us? And I will give, you know, the short, hell yeah. Like I'm so proud of the way that we've lived this, these last six years. Um, but I want to have a conversation about that today. I want to use that kind of as a springboard to talk about the importance of living with intention and putting what's most important first and at the center of your nucleus and then building life around that and to just riff on what does it mean? How does it work? What are some tactical things that we can do or some, you know, tactical things and strategies that you and I have learned that might be relevant and helpful to others who are in the midst of an era or going into a new one or reflecting back on old and just kind of go from there. 
Yeah, and I, I think this is a really cool thing for uh, people to maybe mirror into their own experiences, or whether you're going through transition or you're, like you said, you're beginning to have these feelings of change. You know, we all know that feeling when you're, you know, beginning to start something new. We felt that before the kids were going to go back to school, everything was about to be kind of upheaved or changed on us. And I think the call is like, how are you going to participate with it? How are you going to be with it and in it? And that's really the cornerstone of this type of work that everyone's doing listening, hopefully, and that we've been doing with Strategic Planning for Life is that you are you're in the changes and you're working through these changes and you're feeling what's there. And you're also doing a little bit of forecasting where you're saying, I intend to experience it like this. But one of the things that really stands out about this moment specifically is, um, and this is a little bit higher still in the philosophy range, is that it's also a case study in like the ever-changing nature of us as people. That any of us, and I'm sure many listening have felt these in their, in their lives at some point where you, you kind of project and you like shoot this arrow from your mind outward. And that arrow, like you want it to go so far because it gives you comfort to see that through line and see what's ahead, what can I predict, I feel safe about that path, and that's where I'm going. And even for us, like our thesis and the thing that we say, you know, we're sitting on the porch at you know, 90 years old holding hands, watching grandkids run around, uh, maybe with great grandkids run around and smiling and saying we, we did life. Like that's the vision for the end. That's the vision for the end in mind. Um, but these like iterations that happen throughout the journey are kind of, you know, unprecedented. You know, you, you, you kind of come into them and you approach them with what you know, but in those transitions, like you're forced to participate. You're forced to be with them and say, okay, wow, like based on what I know today and where we're going, what I feel, like we need to take these next steps. And so I wanted to just share that because like that came to me as you were sharing that intro to this conversation was like, man, like all we know is now and all of these changes that we go through, some of the times and a lot of the times they're unsolicited. There are things that like you come into and you experience, whether that's a loss, could be as big and uh, sad as a passing of a loved one, um, or it could be like, you know, hurting your foot and not being able to walk for a, f- a few weeks, right? Like these things happen and you kind of, you, you work with them and you're, you, you're building your resiliency and the muscle to practice in these times of lows as well as the times of highs. But there's one thing that also comes in, and this will be where I kind of ping pong back to you because I know that this is a big topic for you. Um, is that we're getting ready to launch an episode with uh, a cool guest, a couple cool guests on the Unlock podcast, uh, BJ Miller and Sonia Dolan, who are palliative care uh, practitioners at an organization called Metal Health. And some of you may have seen uh, BJ's work. Um, if you're Disney Plus subscribers or Nat Geo fans, um, he was on a show, a, a six-part miniseries called Limitless with Chris Hemsworth, Thor, the Avenger. Um, and in the in this series, the whole premise of Limitless was that Chris Hemsworth was exploring with these world-renowned doctors and practitioners how to experience more longevity and health in his life. And the last episode, BJ was actually one of the practitioners and the doctors, 
And he helped Chris Hemsworth experience and accept death and his mortality. And that episode was like really touching. I know you and I watched it and we got emotional um, watching it. And death and being able to kind of forecast out in the future is a big part of our work um, in Strategic Planning for Life and thinking with the end in mind. And that conversation, like the thing that came back to me uh, from talking to BJ and Sonia and thinking about their work and how it relates to us and everyone is the statement that I said to them after they you know, pulled something out of me in the conversation was, man, BJ, you know what? The only thing that I'm feeling now is that developing a relationship with the end, your death, the end of this life as you know it, and whatever's beyond in your faith and your spirituality, whatever, whatever lies beyond this form base, it only strengthens and pushes you back to the present. It, it pushes you back to now to say, whoa, like, what do I have today and what's enough today and what's at my feet today or what's the next step I can take in order to feel the way that I want to feel when I don't have life anymore. And it was this weird paradox of like, and I knew this kind of conceptually, but in, maybe in that conversation I began to like really drop into my body and heart and feel that where it was like, whoa, like that is, it's like a call to presence to think with the end in mind and, and use that as an anchor back to what's right in front of you. Um, and so, yeah, tennis, bonk, coming back to you, because I want to hear what your um, thoughts and reactions are on that when you think about the end in mind, as you said, maybe even going all the way to death, and then how that's influencing even some of the changes that you mentioned experiencing for us in our life right now. Well, it's the core of all of it, right? That's, it's one of the most important modules in our work, what we do. And a lot of people approach it and say, wow, that feels morbid. Right. And it's not meant to be morbid. It's meant to be inspiring, to bring you back to the present and make sure that you're living with that acceptance, with that awareness, with that clarity, because it does create clarity to think about, to put yourself in that position of death, of the end, whenever that death and end happens, because we have no control over it. We don't know when it's going to happen. So to put yourself in that place and allow that to drive your clarity around what's most important. And then you say, okay, well then back to now in this time right now, then what's the most important thing? If it's going to be important to me at 90 when we're holding hands and like our relationship is important, our love is important, our grandchildren are important, then that's what I should be prioritizing right now. Whatever decision I'm making, whatever era I'm going into, whatever transition I'm going into, that is just immediate clarity around the decision I need to make that prioritize what's most important, right? So like even being able to tap into that version of self at any given moment, when anybody's having, whenever I'm in a session, when everybody's having trouble figuring out what to do, I say, go to your deathbed experience. Go to that old version of yourself. If you're not comfortable going to the deathbed, go to the coolest version of yourself that you can imagine as an older person, a person who's like living full out and proud of everything that they've ever done. What's most important? What stands out? What are you telling, what are you telling people about your cool life that you lived that you're most proud of, right? And you know, for us, that always comes down to, and we've shared this in many episodes, but for you and I, like the top of my list is one, my relationship with myself and my deepening experience in this life experience and making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm healthy and I'm well, and I'm exploring life through this lens of this body and mind and spirit that I have. But then it's the boys 
and being a, a supportive guide in their experience and ensuring that they feel loved and supported and safe. And then it's you and all the people that are so close and that we love and that you and I are holding hands and loving, you know, it's not all of these things that we are traditionally taught to put as goals. You know, what are you going to be doing in your career? How are you going to change the world? How much money are you going to make? Those things don't ever top the list. And I think that's what's most important when people go through our work at that phase, they say, I'm doing all this reflection and I'm doing this deathbed experience and my work didn't even make my list. Is something wrong there? Right? Or my the money or the material things or all these expectations of society, like none of that stuff made the list. Is that okay? What does that mean? And what it means is that it's just not meant to be the top priority. It's meant to be part of it. It's meant to support what's most important. There's a moment in Limitless, in that episode with BJ Miller, and every time I see it, I start crying. It is overwhelming when he walks, they they take him to, um, Chris Hemsworth, they take him to a nursing home. And it's all like fun and, you know, funny. They put him in this suit that is supposed to represent aging, and you can see that it bothers him. But it doesn't become real. This like turns my stomach thinking about it. It doesn't become real until they take him into his room. He has this teeny tiny room with a basic bed. And this is Thor we're talking about. This person who experiences incredible, you know, wealth and fame and all the things and influence. And, you know, he's got a wonderful family and kids and a beautiful wife. You know, he's got it kind of all, right? But they're showcasing at the end of his life, going into this room, and the room is only filled with a few pictures of his wife and his kids and his his adventures. His Molnar, what is that thing called? Molnar, whatever that thing is from Thor, his book. But that's it. Of his life, that is all that makes it into that room. And to me, what that represents is, you know, we fill our lives with all this stuff and we get so stressed out or so worried about having this or having that. But ultimately, when we look back, what we care about are those pictures, right? What we care about are those moments. We care about those people. We care about those connections. We care about the experiences that we have with those people. We want more of that, right? So, having everything be in support of that, I think is the most important part that in the end, it's like very simple. It's very simple. And the most, the majority of people, when we, when we get to this point and we have these discussions, it's like, Oh, I want health. I want connections, family and friends. I want experiences. I want nature. I want to experience these like almost kind of like simplified versions of life. And it doesn't have to be anything big or massive but we get caught up in, in life as we should. We're supposed to live. We're supposed to go live, but the point is to come back. The point is to return, the call to presence, as you're saying, reconnecting with that, that version, that moment, to have that clarity of like, oh yeah, in this moment, if I think about myself in the most simplified version at that point, what really matters is like this one tiny moment with my son, you know, this one loving moment with my husband, You know, it starts to make me emotional just thinking about that. 
because I get wrapped up in it too, all the time. All day, every day, we're all wrapped up in it. Doesn't matter, that's okay. It's just about, can we come back to what's most important? And then from that place, design around that. Design around like, oh, I want more of that. How do I design around that? How do I design all the other elements of my life to support that? Yeah, and this, I think this makes a ton of sense to bring in what you wrote the other day. Because this kind of feels like the transition point where those who are listening, I'm sure you've experienced this in your world, in your life, where you've had some of those moments where maybe, again, it's like that unchosen experience of death or loss. And I want to be clear, too, like when we say end, like I want to be clear on our beliefs is that there are many ends. There, there are ends every day. Like the sun goes up and comes down. That's an end. You're like it's ending. Fall is happening here in the Midwest of the United States. That's the end of a season. There's death happening with leaves falling off the trees. Like there are cycles of life and death are happening all the time. It's not just this one big heroic event where you're leaving and that's de- like there's death all the, all around and ends all around. But when you mentioned this idea of these, these big revelations that I know people listening have had, the, the next big question is then what do I do about it? And you wrote something the other day that really kind of struck me and I, it struck many who are, who are listening. Um, and I think this, this question comes from um, fear and it comes from that unknown and not having spent time with yourself yet to like really understand in, uh, in as you would the gym, like building your legs, your back, your muscles, um, building the muscle of your knowing and your, and your truth. It's the same thing. And so the first question you ask yourself is, but what if it doesn't work? What if I go, what if I go try to do this thing that I feel and it doesn't work and I'm left maybe without a job or not having income or the thing that we hear all the time, like healthcare benefits, like all these things that are, have been told to us that are very important. And in, in regards to living in the form, they are. Like money's energy, all these support mechanisms are energy. You need these things to uphold a lifestyle in some way, shape, or form. Um, not always to the top tier. There's lots of variations in those things. But your, your question you're asking and the question you wrote is like, but what if it doesn't work? And then you said, and I'm just going to read this verbatim. The first question that we ask ourselves um, then we felt at every turn is, um, but what happens if it does? So you, you kind of flank it as you would these paradoxes in life, right? Like everything is this polarity. And so if you're going to lead with like that question of fear, like come back and lead with the question of, of abundance, of possibility. What if it doesn't work? But what if it does? And then you've said like followed quickly by what's the simplest next step that I can take to test this? to learn from it, to put this into practice. And the phrase that I've been saying lately is like to express my energy and get the echo of my expression, to say these things, like uh, using our journey again as an example, when, when we said we're going to leave and, and start over and build something that matters that was rooted in being present with our family and building time as the nucleus for time, love, and connection for our children, for us and our relationship, you began to express that and then it came back to you in, in ways and opportunities and support and love and question, but without expressing that, that never comes back to you. And you said, possibility follows action. 
And I think that that's an amazing, amazing thing because in order to see possibility, like you have to move and energy has to move. And you said that took me a long time to learn. From you. Yeah. And I, I think that um, the what if can honestly go either way. It all comes down to whether or not you're willing to believe, to try, and to adjust. Because even when things haven't worked out, quote unquote, that failure, quote unquote, ultimately worked out in our favor. Food for thought, friends, cheers to the what ifs. And I thought that that was a, an amazing place to thing to bring into this because I know and we know from experience and talking to many, I mean, I'm having many conversations with folks who are embracing these things in their own lives right now where they're feeling that feeling in their guts, in their hearts. And they are saying, I don't know if, if this is true. I don't know if it's going to work, but it's only in the context of the things that are experimental, the things that you can go and try and do. And in reflection for this journey and the continued journey and at the end of ours, the one thing that I would employ anyone who's listening, who's at the starting line of any transition or the beginnings of, of that feeling to then building the first rung of your bridge to cross that vast canyon of unknown is you have to try. You have to express and you have to take these subtle steps in the present moment with what you know to see what comes back from that action, to garner possibility and say, hmm, I did this and, or hmm, I did this and this didn't happen. Hmm, wow, that felt really good to do that. And you start to experiment as a scientist would of your own life and begin to feel the possibility through your movement. Yeah, and thank you for that teaching. You're the one who I almost tagged you right there in that that possibility is only possible through action because you taught me that. You know, you and um, our good friend and listener, Heather Whaling, I think that I look to you two as these amazing action-oriented people that you you show what's possible by taking action and doing the next thing and seeing what's possible. I think of you two specifically by showing me through example and teaching um, how important that is. And that makes me reflect on this journey that we've been on again to bring me back to where we started with this story and to also compare it to other people's situations right where in our case six years ago you were leaving a very comfortable job you were a partnership at a company that was to be acquired in a couple years which would have set us up for you know super comfortable financial success, but we knew the impacts were you weren't going to be around as much as you wanted to be. You would be traveling a lot. You would be gone a lot. We could do that. We just didn't want to because we knew too much about what we wanted in life to prioritize that, right? We knew what we wanted at the end of life. So we knew that in order to have those relationships in that time and those moments with our kids, we needed to prioritize those at that time, you know, with him coming into the world. And so the action we took was, can we replace income? How? We don't know. First, we thought we were going to start a restaurant. Then we did. Some, we were doing some consulting. And we were doing this and we were doing that. And we were just trying all of these different things. So I think the action is important, but the adjustment. Mm-hmm. It's the adjustment. It's like taking the action. And this is what we always talk about is you, you take the action. Then you reflect on what happened. Did it go well? Did it not go well? Okay, what did I learn now? How do I connect that reflection back to what I know I want 
Now I'm going to adjust and make sure I keep going in the direction of what I truly genuinely want and keep designing just step after step through that iterative process to build and create the life that I want. And so for us, it was this big leap. Thankfully, I was already kind of out on my own. So I had already had that foundation, but still we didn't really have any clear path. We were kind of making it up as we went. There was no, you know, no, that's why people looked at us and said, what if it doesn't work? You're going to have a newborn and zero income, which we did for the first couple months. And then we were like, we've got to figure something out, right? Because what we had planned didn't necessarily work out the way that we thought we were going to. So we had to adjust. And that's what we've been doing, adjusting and adjusting and just ensuring that we keep the main thing, the main thing, keep the the thing that's most important at the center of our universe, right? There's been so many opportunities where we have been able to say, you know what, if we did this, you know, if we, if we followed this path, we could pretty, we could make a lot of money. Like we could prioritize the financial gains. We could prioritize, you know, we could go back and get a, a job. But for us, like that wasn't what we wanted. Like for us, we wanted to do this work. We wanted to be with our kids. We wanted to be able to wake up and have breakfast with them and then have lunch. And it is not, let me just caveat, asterisk, big asterisk. Like we, it was hard. Like being, let's be honest, being the primary response, you know, being primarily responsible for the business and the revenue and everything that we are doing and building that while also taking care of the kids on our own It's really hard to be in that presence and to do that. But we always knew throughout it, we would always come back to, we know this is important. So I just don't want to paint the picture that it was like rainbow and sunshine because it was not, right? It was, it was every, every situation, anything you choose is going to be hard. No matter what your path is right now, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. You're going to hit those moments. But my, my guidance is choose the hard that's getting you what you genuinely want, what you truly want, what you authentically in your heart and your gut know you want so that the hard is worth it. And that's where we're at looking back. Now, the part about being in comparison to maybe some other situations that we are so fortunate to get to share with other people is that it doesn't have to be leaving a job. It doesn't have to be giving up income. It doesn't have to be extreme by any stretch. It doesn't have to be re- leaving a relationship. It doesn't have to be extreme by any sense of the imagination. It can be so much smaller than that, but still feel just as intense, right? Because a lot of times when we have these conversations and we get to this clarity, the clarity might just be, I need to go have a conversation with my boss or my partner or my child. I need to express what I need. I need to, oh, maybe I just need to do some of my non-negotiables, those things that fill my cup and make time and space for that, you know? Because what we get to find so often, especially when we get to do this work with companies, there might be, you know, a handful of people coming into a session saying, I'm ready to up and leave this job. I need to figure out something else to do. And ultimately, when they go through the process, they're like, wow, I actually, where I'm at is really good. I need to make some small tweaks. But otherwise, like, I love where I'm at. I love the support I get. I love the flexibility. I love the culture. I love my team. I love all of these things. I don't want to change any of that because that's all in support of what I want. I just have to make these other small adjustments. And that's the clarity I'm talking about, right? It doesn't have to be big things. It can be these smaller, just tweaks and adjustments. And I think that's what we find most often is that to put the pri- to prioritize what's most important, it's usually just small adjustments we need to make. 
I absolutely love this idea of like adjustments is greater than action because I could not, because you could get so entrenched in like the movement and I'm a, I'm a product of that in my old, old versions of self where I would just bore through walls and go through things and never do this, the kind of stop and reflect. How does this feel? How do I feel to assess my inside experience and the outside experience, the byproducts from my going through walls with movement. And that adjustment is so key because you're right. Like, let's use the restaurant as the example. For all that are listening that don't know the side of our story, we went down a two year endeavor and venture in the transition because that was our first iteration of intentional lifestyle design was to build a physical location here in our city in Columbus, Ohio that was rooted in space, community, healthy living, and food, and having a lifestyle that represented that. And our vision was obviously, as many are thinking, like, wow, running a restaurant would be really um, heavy. We were going to be doing it through people, but obviously it would have been taking a lot of our, our time. And we didn't see this coming, but COVID was on the horizon. And this was all before COVID. And we had many moments in going through that journey of two years. I mean, building an entire brand, a business, we had funding from an institution, all these things were going to happen and we hit this wall that became the big enough wall to reflect, which was our real estate wall, where we were actually going to be located, the building, the lease, the terms. And you could, we could have kept going and kept actioning and pushing through and saying, no, this is it. But instead, we took time to say, is, how is this aligned? Let's tune in and feel. Let's actually go inward, have conversation together express our fears, express our needs, express the things that um, were coming up in that example and situation. And it changed because we felt it needed to change. But it would be so easy to keep going and be like, well, look, it's a X number of year business and we've got all the pieces and we spent sunk cost fallacy. We spent two years on this endeavor. So we got to keep going. And this is our only vehicle because this is all we know. And that's the arrow that we shoot. That's the only thing we know. So I think that your point about this adjustment versus action is like either equal or even greater than the movement from what you feel inside. And that plays into that lever pulling that I always have said. It's like you're pulling these levers, these invisible levers in front of you and saying, this makes sense now, let's take this one down, let's move this one up. And you're just experimenting. The other thing that came up for me to share on this topic that's very... Um, I think this is one of those things that is one of the most uncomfortable things for people, and myself included, that I've had to tremendously work on in this journey, is you have to develop a very, very healthy relationship with the unknown. A very healthy relationship. Because in each one of those transitions, on our example, and I'm sure for everybody who's listening, in transitions that maybe you've already gone through and looked back on, where you're at, was unknown. Where we're sitting on this couch today, this home, the, this work that we're doing, the experiences that we've had leading up into this point, unknown. At some point, we didn't even know what school our kids were going to be going to, completely unknown. We had no idea where we were going to be living, completely unknown. And to, I use that all the time to humble myself and realize, wow, like where I'm sitting in this moment I didn't know two and a half years ago. I didn't even know it. It was completely black. It didn't exist in my realm of reality. 
And when you actually bring that realization back to your current state in the present and you realize that most of the places you're going are actually unknown, it should, and it does for me, it forces you back to only acting from what you know in the present and only acting from what you know is true now and taking these small iterative steps to welcome the unknown because there is absolutely no way that any of us listening could ever forecast anything in the future because it is too complex and too interconnected that is beyond comprehension. So developing this unknown in the now and letting the doors, we've used like the doors metaphor before, as you take these steps, doors appear and you can kind of peek in and open it and say, nope, this one's not from here and close it or walk through it and see what's in that and take a whole different path. But the unknown comes into your view through that process of action and adjustment. And then you get to, quote unquote, you get to these next versions of yourself, these cycles of this life, death of that life, this new life, death of that life. And you continue to iterate on yourself, but you have to develop a comfortability and a relationship with the unknown. Right. And the fact that nothing is known and accepting that no matter what state any of us are in, we don't know. I think one of my favorite phases is like, I just don't know. I don't know. And I know that in this world, in this society, we're we're expected to know. You're supposed to know. You're supposed to know what you're doing. But literally none of us know. We don't know what we're doing. We're just these grown children walking around trying to figure it out. But the point of being in that unknown that every single one of us is in, none of us, none of us are in a known, right? Like the other day, this is just a great example. The other day I dropped Oren off for his first day of school, leaving the school. I'm going to drive through the intersection. Something in me is like, stop. Thank goodness I did because this car comes barreling through. If I would have kept going, I would have gotten hit on the driver's side door, completely T-boned. Who knows what would have happened, right? It and it, what it made me think was like, that would have changed the entire trajectory of my day, potentially my life. It would have changed the trajectory of my family's lives and their day. Like, and I know that that goes to the extreme, but that's how close it was that it made me think of that, right? That is completely unknown. Like, I, th- I was so sure of my day. I was so sure of how my day was going to go. And then the, but it's all un- unknown. And so I think that's why it doesn't have to be, ever be that extreme, right? It could be you miss a turn, it doesn't have to be, or you, you know, whatever it is, we just don't know. And that proves the point of why you have to know what you actually want, because it is all unknown. It's all undefined and knowing what you want. And I'm not saying like your mental, you know, what your mind will tell you you want, but like what you feel, like, what do I feel that I want in this life? Because of that clarity of what you want, and this is the question that you and I ask constantly and nobody has an answer to. What do you actually want? What are you aiming for? What's, what arrow are you shooting out that even though you don't know, you're shooting it through the dark and you're saying, I don't know where this thing's going to go, but I know it's in the direction of what I genuinely, truly, authentically want, right? And making sure that everything you, every step you take in the dark, that we're all in the dark no matter what. So make sure you're taking the step in alignment with what you genuinely want. So 
you know, I have a, a very practical example right now in this moment. There's a group that I was part of that I had so much respect for and gratitude for called Renegade. And I was in that group for about two years. Um, but it wasn't, it was no longer supporting for me. It was no longer supporting what I wanted most, which is, you know, the connection with my family and the, the, the groundedness that I wanted. It was kind of taking me on more of a mental path on more of a, um, you know, like external achievement success. And it wasn't anything that they were doing. It's an amazing group and I highly recommend that people get involved with it. But for me, I wasn't in the right state of mind, right? It wasn't taking me down the path that I genuinely wanted. And so I parted ways and at a very natural point so that I could support what I truly want. And today I'm watching them have this like incredible experience at the summit. All these women are participating. Some really good friends are on the stage and speaking. And, you know, there's like this little FOMO that can flare up like, oh, look at that. That would, you know, it's fun to do that. But then for me, it's not at all. It's not at all flaring because what I got to experience this week was helping our youngest enter into pre-K and helping him to solve for how he can be comfortable in that environment. You know, when he's having his big emotions and feeling like he wants to just be with mom and dad and go home, being in, in that moment with him to support him, to find a strategy that allows him to feel safe and comfortable in this new environment, how to make friends, how to you know, like start to exit our little nucleus and feel comfortable and confident. And to me, like that makes my heart burst. And that's what I'm, that's the adjustment we're talking about. Because what I want at the end of my life, no matter when that happens, is I want that, I want to know that I was there for them, that I was there in those little moments that they knew, you know, mom was here helping and, and guiding and, and supporting in those ways that's so much more important to me than if I'm away doing a conference, you know, spending my time thinking about how I might invest, you know, that for me, and that's my truth. That doesn't mean it has to be everyone's truth, but I just wanted to provide a very specific example of the small shifts that can be made. And also that's a great reflection of the era that we're leaving and being able to look back at, on this as a case study and say it did work. It did work. We took all those steps in the unknown, made all those adjustments in alignment with what we genuinely wanted to be there in those moments with the boys to have freedom and flexibility, completely unknown if any of it was going to work. And we can look back and be like, yeah, the restaurant didn't work. Thank goodness. Thank goodness that didn't work. Right. And we were we were able to build what we have today that created so much more freedom and flexibility for us to be present here at home and with the kids and, but still be able to have this creative outlet and this amazing community of people and this platform to be able to share thoughts and ideas, it worked out, you know? And that's the part where as long as we know what we want, and that's the point of thinking about the end in mind and to BJ's point and the show, you start there and then you bring it back to your point of presence. Like, what does that mean for right now? That's what I want. What's the adjustment I'm going to make right now? Yeah, and in the spirit of asking questions, um, in the same way that you posed that question that we read here on this podcast about what if it doesn't work and then what if it does, I want to offer um, like a question to ask your ask yourself as you're listening, and I'll even use this for myself as a reflection point, is what if knowing what I want actually creates what I want? What if knowing what I want actually creates what I want? 
And that energy that you feel building in your heart, in your stomach, in your body, in your life, and everything all around, by allowing that energy to be and not shutting it down with the questions of, well, it's not going to work. What if it doesn't work? But turning the sphere around and saying, yeah, but what if it does? And thinking at the, at the very foundation that just knowing what you want and you desire and allowing yourself to be in that feeling and that energy and that vibration actually brings the doors of the unknown towards you that you can then choose to walk through. And you can choose to have that experience that you desire. Um, so I like that question. Like, Ask yourself that question. Ask yourself, what if knowing what I want actually creates what I want? Um, and I think that's true. I think it's true. And I, I have numerous case studies and examples that we've shared over and over again about our journey in this life and the continued journey of uh, experiencing that unknown and constantly taking action and adjusting and reflecting and integrating those learnings is that it is just this vast unknown landscape and everyone is just trying to figure out their own version of that. And so you have to participate and figure out your version in order to have that version become. And that's what I hope and I know you hope that um, everyone who's listening and everybody who ever touches this and whatever modality you get into, um, that you realize that, that you realize that um, this life and this experience is actually yours and it's yours to define and yours to create. Yeah, take every step with intention. Pause long enough to decide what the next step is going to be with that intention. Make it meaningful to you. Every moment is an opportunity to create that thing. It doesn't have to be. I think sometimes we get stressed out by that idea that we have to create it, but we're creating it no matter what. So you either engage with it or you don't, and your outcomes will reflect that. So I agree. Great topic today. Woo, yeah. And celebrating everyone going through um, their own version of change and their own season turning over in their life. Um, if you guys like this episode, um, tune in. Tune in more. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we're always open to feedback, comments, ideas, topics, whatever comes up as you're listening. Uh, shoot those our way through any of the channels in which you want to communicate with us on the socials. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys and hear of maybe how you've handled change, how you guys have handled change um, and what tools you're using um, to get through that. We mentioned ours being using the vision of the end in mind and then bring us back to the present, but always would love to hear from you guys on what you're doing in your lives and your work of intention. So thank you for tuning in. We're grateful you guys listened. And until next time, my friends, be well. Thank you for joining us this week on another episode of the Unlocked Podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in today's episode and access more lifestyle design opportunities, you can visit owlinkey.co to learn more. Did you love this episode of the Unlocked Podcast? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's super appreciated and helps us continue to bring meaningful conversations and content to you every week. You can also find us on Instagram at owl underscore and underscore key on Facebook and on YouTube. 
We'd love to connect with you, so drop us a line at hello at allenkey.co to share your thoughts on the show, topics you'd like us to cover, and recommend inspirational people you feel we should bring onto the show. Thanks for listening in, and we'll see you next week for another episode of Unlocked. Talk soon, my friends.